Hello and welcome to Mind Care, a podcast where we address the issues surrounding adverse childhood experiences. This podcast aims to provide hope, answers, and support to take away the stigma of childhood trauma. Hi everyone, Rochelle here and Dr. Dana Philosaint welcoming everyone back to another episode of Mind Care. This series we have been discussing dealing with childhood trauma and its effect. This podcast aims to provide hope and answers and take away the stigmas of childhood traumas. Dr. Dana Philosaint is a professional counselor whose focus is on childhood trauma. Hi, Dr. Dana Philosaint. Hi, welcome back. Great. So today, you know, um, this is such an amazing and powerful topic. And the topic for today is how to confront a perpetrator that has caused trauma in your life in just a few steps. So the first question um, is, what does it mean by confront a perpetrator? And is this the same thing as disclosing? Yeah, very good question. So there is a distinction between disclosure and confrontation, obviously. But disclosure, when we're talking about disclosure, we're talking about the process of revealing something that took place uh, to anybody, not just not, not not the perpetrator. So it can be a friend, it can be a colleague, something probably you've never shared with anybody else. So that's a this, that's a disclosure. That's, there's a process to that. Maybe you're processing who to go about sharing this information with and how to get it off your chest. Now, confrontation is broadly defined as uh, you actually telling the abuser that you remember what was done and that it was wrong and or that uh, they can not and will not be silent any longer. And so that's the confrontation. Uh, that, that That's what the definition is for that. So um, the reason why we're, we want to tackle this important topic is I know there are individuals who actually are thinking about confronting the perpetrators. So this is not to convince anybody. I'm not convincing people that this is the, the thing to do, but my aim is to respect everyone and their decision and so also to give them the education, the proper process of doing it so that it doesn't hurt them, you know, and any more than just not talking about it. So. Remember, the confrontation should be entirely the survivor's own term, on their term. And it shouldn't be a force. It shouldn't, it shouldn't feel pressure to do it or not to do it. So it's important to know how to go about doing it. All right. And so I know for the listener, I know the next question might be, even the word confrontation may bring up some negative emotions and some strong feelings. So the question is, is confronting an abuser even necessary? That's such an important question. So, you know, this is something that research has been looking at. Uh, different therapists have said different things. Counselors have said different things. And it's an important issue because the adult survivors in particular, let's talk about uh, childhood uh, sexual victims, uh, they are in that that place where they, they're not sure what is the proper thing to do. And so you'll, you'll have a range of individuals come with different ideas. Some will say that if you confront them, the, the sooner the better. You'll start in the healing process quicker. Some will say that it's empowering to the, the victim. Um, some will say that it's not even necessary at all. And so for mm-hmm. me, 
um, when I've done a lot of research, and I've actually helped some of my clients go to that point about confronting some of their abusers, one of the things that I see that's very important is to discover the, uh, the way in which to do it. The way in which mm-hmm. to do it makes all the difference. I've seen when it's thought out and it's planned out that healing can actually take place where it can pull families together to identify who to get involved and who not to get involved. Um, and so the way to do it is more important than just doing it itself. Wow, those are some definitely powerful points. Okay, so another thought would be if a person feels that they need or they're impressed that they should you know, confront their abuser, what are some things that they should keep in mind? Yeah, this is important as well. Um, you know, people make that, come to that decision for various reasons. If an individual decides that, you know, I need to do this so that other individuals might not be impacted, maybe they're uh, around other children uh, and they're afraid that the perpetrator might impact them or get them involved or other people as well. So to save other people, maybe people might feel that the reason why I'm doing it is because I'm seeking for an apology or institution or improvement in the relationship of the family, or they're just feeling so over, overly emotional or mentally as well that they feel like this is the best thing for them to do. So I would say to keep in mind that the motive is everything. What is your motive? Okay. You know, mm-hmm. do, you, do you have the right motive? Are they realistic? Uh, what do you hope to accomplish? Do you have an emotional plan? This is another necessary thing. Do you have a plan to protect your heart, your mind, before, during, and after the confrontation? So those are things that I would uh, outline with that individual to make sure that that is that they have the right motive. Otherwise, you know, the the result might not be something that they uh, were expected. Okay, so let's say, Dr. Dana Silva, saying that a person has probably the right motives and they decide that they want to confront um, their perpetrator, what can they expect and what can they do? What, are, what is something that they can do to, prevent, to prepare themselves? Okay, good, good question. So keep in mind that it's okay, you know, that they, they want to do it, number one, if that's something that they desire to do. But uh, they should know that when they're going into it, what are they going to say, what are they going to think is okay. But don't predict what the other person is going to say, do, or act. (laughs) Because, and that's the misconception, if you think that you're going to go out and get an apology from someone, maybe they're not going to apologize. What are you going to do then? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. don't expect anything from the other person. Just prepare for your own self, like what are your behaviors going to be. So there's a research that was done, and they they looked at survivors, and they asked the survivors, uh, you know, how many of them actually did the confrontation. Only 19.3 people have actually done the confrontation to a perpetrator. And that was done in, the study was done in 2017. Uh, previous to that, uh, the earlier study was done in 20, uh, 2006. 25% actually confronted them. And what the studies show was that based on the severity of the abuse and how angry the survivors were, determined if they would or would not confront their perpetrator. That was number one. Hmm. Another aspect okay. of the study showed that showed the perpetrator's reaction. So this is interesting. 45.7% actually denied the violence took place. 
okay? Mm-hmm. 24.13 actually blamed the victim that it took place. Only 30%, 30.16 to be exact, admitted to the violence and apologized. Only 30. That's, that means 70%, mm-hmm. you know, did not take responsibility or d- denied the, that this thing actually took place, whatever that thing is. In this case, they were looking at abuse took place. So go in that mindset, going in that mindset actually helped them to, you know, have a plan that this is something that you want to do for yourself, but don't expect a particular reaction from the perpetrator. Because in that study, it shows that only uh, 30% actually said, okay, yeah, I did it, you know. So 70% denied or even blamed the victim for, for the, the situation that took place. Okay, so let's just go over what you said again. So essentially, confronting is really about helping the abusee. Is that what you're saying? Well, if it's something that they want to do, just to get it off okay. their chest, you know, if they feel like I need to let them know that this was wrong, and it kind of give them a voice to say that, you know, oh, I know. okay, okay. So it gives them a voice and empowers them. That's okay. That's the, that's the point of it. it. You know, before, maybe they felt silenced. And so mm-hmm. this gives them the opportunity to say, no, that was wrong, and I'm going to talk about it, and you can't stop me. So it puts uh, a more uh, confidence in that individual that went through that abuse. And so that's what it's really – and there's other things that we're going to talk about, too, in terms of the steps and you'll see what that does for the victim as well. Okay, so you brought up an, an, an interesting point. So for the listener, the person who has some questions, what are the steps to confront a per- perpetrator that has caused trauma in your life? Okay, so in previous podcasts, we talked about the number one thing to have in mind is forgiveness. If they mm-hmm. can prepare themselves, read about it listen, you know, to our previous podcast on forgiveness or read books about it. Learn what it means to really forgive. And what they'll discover Mm -hmm. is that forgiveness has nothing to do with the other person that they've hurt. It's more about them. And you will feel more freedom until – you can't feel that freedom really until you forgive. And the the Mm -hmm. idea, too, is what you're doing is you are now turning the um, vengeance to God. Because vengeance is mine. That's what God says. So once you say, I forgive you, you say, Lord, you do, you do with it what you want to do. Handle it. Hmm. And okay. so you've done your part. Now God said, I'm going to do my part. So that's number one. Number two is check your motive. As we talked about, why do you want to, why do you want to confront? If your confrontation is just because you're angry and you just want to get back at them and, you know, you want to take the vengeance yourself, you know, that necessarily won't really be. Or if you're seeking for, for an apology from the person, they might not give it to you. So, again, that's not a reason not to, but you just have to make sure that the, you, have, you have the right motive to go into it. That's number two. Number three, mm-hmm. be prepared because this is a very sensitive issue. Um, you know, your heart is involved. Your emotions are involved. Uh, so pray for guidance and strength so that it doesn't impact your health eventually, physical health eventually. So that's number three. And number four is to go with a plan. Identify who you want to get involved. So who do you want to, you know, bring along with you? 
Um, mm-hmm. This is not a time to go by putting on Facebook. <laughs> and unfortunately, this is the world that we live in where everybody want to know, you know, what's going on. If I'm mad, this is where I put it on. But this, you know, you want to identify who should I get involved? Who should I not get involved as well? Um, you know, find, find someone that's trustworthy. Find someone that's wise. Find a godly person that's going to be praying for you through the whole process. I remember there was a situation where I had actually had a friend who took me with them to do the confrontation. Um, and it was powerful just to see her just get it out of her mouth, her, her mouth and to just let it be known. And at the end of the day, she felt so empowered. And the individual did not say a thing at all. For her, it was just like, mm. I just need to get this thing done. And it, in, the, in the background, while all, I was, all I was doing was just listening. I was praying for her. I was praying for her that the Lord gave her the strength to say the right thing and to get off her chest. And number five is, Confrontation is about giving the other person a chance to make it right with God, not with you necessarily. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you have now forgiven that person. You let it be known that, you know, you've done X, Y, and Z, and I've turned it over to God. And so now they can make it right with, with God, really. If they seek out God and recognize that they've done something wrong, you have now given them that chance to do that um, by confronting them. Number six is, if that person chooses to ask you forgiveness, great. If not, that's fine too. Because again, that motive should not be because you're going out to ask for forgiveness from them or to ask them to, you know, to ask you for forgiveness, I should say. And lastly, acknowledge that your mission is accomplished. So once that's done, you've done the confrontation and you've let them know that what they've done was wrong and, you know, you're not, they're not going to silence you anymore. You're not afraid of them. The, the mission is, has accomplished. You've accomplished that mission. And it's, it's one of those things where what the enemy meant for evil, God can now turn it for good, you know. And there was, a, there was an interesting study that I wanted to share that showed that after an individual actually confronts in the right way, victims mm-hmm. actually don't have any regret now, it might have been hard for them to find the strength to do it. Um, of course, this is the right way of doing it, right? And it might have been difficult short-term to get that courage, but long-term benefit, they find that people were more overpowered. Uh, they felt powered, empowered um, that they were able to do such a thing. So, you know, acknowledge that the mission was accomplished and that you were able to do it by God's grace. And so that's those seven steps I would say that, you know, to do it, with that, that, those things in mind so that you can have the um, ability to now put a voice to something that you've been silent maybe for a very long time. Wow, Dr. Dana, those were some powerful points. Now, for those of you who are listening, and you might just have to stop the podcast and just go back and go over those points again, um, but those were so powerful. Mission accomplished. And so for those people, mission accomplished. I really like that. I really like that. Dr. Dana Philosaint, absolutely insightful and helpful information. For our listeners, don't forget to visit mindcare.us for resources and additional information. And also don't forget to like and subscribe. That's right. And we also have a a YouTube page. It's actually under my name, DNF. Uh, my last, with my last name, Phyllis Saint. Um, so you can find us on YouTube as well. So for those who want to have a visual 
uh, with some of the things that we're saying here. So just get, get involved, and if you have any questions, contact us, talk at mindcare.us. We're here for you. Sounds good. See you on the next episode. Bye. God bless. Thank you.